Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Asia shares are trading in the red this morning. Tokyo is down half a percent. Seoul is off almost as much. Sydney is bucking the trend. The ASX 200 is trading marginally higher. Investors have their eyes on the release of Chinese industrial profits data due out in about 25 minutes. Investors are watching to see if the latest numbers will add to the growth story that is now characterizing the Chinese markets. Joining me now to break down all the market action looking refreshed after its break. How you doing, Ryan Huang? Hey, Michelle. Happy Thursday. And to you. Now, this morning, we begin with the world's third largest smartphone maker, and that is the Chinese company Xiaomi. Its revenue jumped 55% in the first quarter. The company is firing on all cylinders, taking over market share from Huawei and narrowing the global gap with Samsung and Apple. So, Ryan, Xiaomi is looking at becoming much more than a mobile phone company. It is investing in laptops, in smart TVs, even those next-generation electric vehicles. Tell us more. Yeah, it's really growing the library of products you can get from Xiaomi, at least under Xiaomi brand. You've got things like bicycles, things like rice cookers, from the kitchen to the garage, vacuum cleaners. You can imagine it is taking over your home. And (laughs) this is one of the reasons why it's so successful. It's pretty much everywhere. And it is an ecosystem of Xiaomi products that is attracting consumers because of its price points. And also partly because of its designs, which some people say is very similar to Apple. So we've got a couple of things going for Xiaomi. And this is also in China, seeing Xiaomi benefit from how it is eating into the market share of Huawei, which of course is losing market share because it can't use Google products like the Google or Android OS. So they are seeing some people turning towards Xiaomi. And if you look at how it has grown its market share, um, it says it has been focusing a bit on growing its premium market, and that means higher selling prices. So that's one way. And also looking at how we can just invest in new product categories. And the EV space or the Mm. electric vehicle space is one of them. Just recently in March, it talked about investing $10 billion into car making. So it is quite a remarkable feat if you think about how a phone maker is going to be making cars. It is very different. Yeah, absolutely. $10 billion. So Xiaomi really going into offline channels in a big way. Investors are going to be keeping a close eye on Xiaomi shares when the Hong Kong market opens in about 20 minutes. Over the past month, Xiaomi shares are up more than 10%. Now, another piece of good news for the company. A U.S. court has lifted a Trump-era ban that blocked American investment in Xiaomi. So what's the latest here? Yeah, so this comes as the latest chapter of this ongoing, long-running dispute between Xiaomi and the courts. So finally, there is some closure. And this previously was because they were accused of having links to China's military. And of course, this happening in the Trump administration era and in the actually last phase of his um, time in office. So that was part of his whole uh, rhetoric against China and Chinese companies linked to the military. So now it seems like It's back to status quo. They can go back to doing business as per usual. 
Yeah, I wonder how this squares in with this new tone the Biden administration is taking about striking a new chord with China moving from uh, engagement to co- to competition. So, you know, slight discordance there. Back to Xiaomi, there's a couple of things that I do find interesting about Xiaomi's results, as well as this news that it's no longer being blacklisted by the U.S. Uh, first, Xiaomi's strong performance is another indication of just how much the Chinese economy is improving. And second, that U.S. court decision comes on the same day that relations overall between the U.S. and China seem to be deteriorating, mm. not improving. So I'm going to take a look at both uh, of these trends. I want to start with U.S.-China relations. So the Biden administration, just to expand on my earlier point, uh, Biden's administration's top man in Asia offering a pretty blunt assessment of Washington's relationship with Beijing. He says the so-called era of engagement is over and that the dominant paradigm is going to be competition. At the same time, the Biden administration is ordering a closer review of the origins of the COVID-19 virus. And that second look at the possible lab in Wuhan is bound to up upset Beijing. So Ryan, what do you think of these moves and how is the U.S. policy under Biden different from that of Donald Trump? Yeah, so it is the same and different at the same time. So what we have is um, a big policymaker, at least one of the top policymakers, coming out to say that they think things are changing with how the U.S. is going to be engaging with China. And this is because of how Chinese policies are now being shaped or at least being steered into a different direction by Chinese leader Xi Jinping. And this is reflective of how things have been shifting when you look at the military clashes between China and India, how they have also waged an economic campaign across against Australia, and a lot of things that Beijing is now doing a bit more differently from last time. So they have come out to say quite bluntly that the time for engagement with China is over. So this is quite a strong tone that they're now taking. And I think it's going to be reflective of how the US is going to be redoubling its efforts to just find ways to bring China back to the table to get compromise in different ways that you know, the past approach is not working and they now have to find new ways to do it. And I think one of the directions that a Biden approach that's going to be different from the Trump administration is they'll be relying on allies to pressure Chinese policies. So you might remember under the Trump administration, it was quite America first, America alone. But now in recent days and months that the Biden, Biden administration has been running the office, they have taken a more conciliatory and multilateral approach. And I think that is where Biden may get a bit more success where when it comes to China. Now, as we know, China was the first country to lock down in reaction to the COVID-19 pandemic. And it also appears to be the first market to really emerge from a COVID economy. The Chinese yuan is trading at its strongest level since 2018. And China's stock markets appear to be bursting out of a tight trading range. The Shanghai Composite poised to record its best May performance since 2013. So many analysts believe China's shares are set to get a further boost in the months ahead, Ryan. Why is that? 
Yeah, I've got a couple of things for Chinese markets. And I think it's worth pointing out, it's not just Chinese markets that have been trading sideways. A lot of markets have been trading sideways. Not a lot of direction for investors to track. But zooming in on what we have in China, one of the things is technicals. You have the technical picture pointing to how there's now momentum gaining ground, at least uh, getting some traction when it comes to um, the charts on a technical analysis basis. And another reason is what people are looking forward to in July, which is the Communist Party's 100th birthday. And that's in July. And leading up to it, there's expected to be a lot of maybe conducive policies for growth, things like celebrating the lead up to that, that event. So you've got some states already planning big tourism expos and events. So that's one reason a rise in consumer spending sentiment, a rise in production perhaps. So all that could be just good tailwinds for investors to just write this out until at least July. Mm, good points. And easing concerns over inflation, I think, adding to the bullishness. Another indication of how China is returning to normal. China's box office topped 1 billion yen in ticket sales last week. That is the first time that that's happened since January. Apparently, the latest release of Fast and Furious topped the charts. China's hand, meanwhile, is also to be felt these days in the commodity markets where prices are coming off record highs. The Bloomberg Commodity Spot Index down about 2.5% over the past fortnight. That figure masking a wave of volatility, though, in some commodity prices. So how is China involved here and what is it doing to bring commodity prices down? Yeah, so it is now stepping up to fight soaring commodity prices. So we've got a couple of things, actually two things. One, I am hearing that they are summoning top executives to a meeting and warning them of severe punishment if they spread fake news to raise prices. So, of course, higher prices is good for the suppliers and sellers and they want to show they have zero tolerance of any monopolistic behavior of or any abuse of power or any hoarding to raise prices. So that's one. The other thing that's coming through is how the banking regulator is asking lenders to stop selling investment products tied to commodity futures to mom-and-pop buyers. Mm. So a big retail following is now building around rising commodity prices and more buying will just mean more buying and you know, the thing just keeps getting momentum when it comes to prices. So they want that to stop on the retail frenzy front around commodities. So that's the other thing. So a bit of a clamp down in prices from China. It'll be interesting to see how it walks the line of curbing those price increases and, and then not killing the rally in entirety. All right, time for more headlines now, corporate headlines. So it's time for our game up or down. Ryan, are you ready? Let's go. NVIDIA. Right, NVIDIA, this is the US chip giant. And we are looking at... I guess NVIDIA would be an up for me. <laughs> and that's because it is pointing to a brighter outlook because of stronger demand from gamers and data centers. Yeah, up for me as well. The chipmaker's revenue, NVIDIA jumping 84% in the first quarter compared with a year earlier. It's also registered more than $150 million US dollars in processor sales to cryptocurrency miners. Next up, GameStop. All right, GameStop is up right now at least. <laughs> and this is around no reason apart from higher risk appetite. And overnight, I believe we saw, we've saw we seen meme stocks getting 
quite a bit of a bounce back. It's up 16% for GameStop and AMC Entertainment also joining the ride. Yeah, it's up for me as well. Apparently, GameStop is branching out and it has quietly unveiled a platform for non-fungible tokens. The next it thing, right? Amazon. Well, Amazon, that is an up for me because it's official. They now have Robocop, James <laughs> Bond and Rocky to fight Netflix. <laughs> nice way to put it. Up uh, for Climate Act uh, for Amazon as well, which has closed its deal to buy MGM Studios. We did talk about it earlier in the week here on Market View. And Jeff Bezos has officially announced the date that he will step down as CEO. That is July the 5th. Next up, Exxon. Or Exxon, that's a down for me. And it's a bit of a shocker for Exxon, I believe, because they have lost two bought seats to a tiny hedge fund called Engine Number no. 1. And they have pushed for those bought seats because they feel Exxon has not done enough on the climate change front and not doing enough quickly enough. So it is a big shocker for the industry and sets the tone for what might be coming for the rest of the companies. So. Yeah, that's up for climate activists. And I'm not sure about the impact of this on companies' profits. So as you heard, a minority investor has unseated at least two of Exxon's board members and it plans to force Exxon to modify its business strategy to address climate change with more significance. Next up, enthusiasm over Singapore's first quarter GDP numbers spurred buying in the stock markets on Tuesday. The SDI finished up 0.7% on Tuesday to close just a few points shy of the 31.50 mark. So Ryan, how's the SDI doing this morning and is it building on those gains? Yeah, so it's been trading sideways for quite some time Mm. and taking a look at the opening minutes right Mm -hmm. now, it is sideways. It is just slightly lower by 0.1%. 3,143. And I believe the big focus today will be on Singtel. Um, before we get that first, we've got a big, uh, bit of a snapshot for the STI. Pretty much even between red and green. And right at the bottom is Singtel, down 2.4%. And this comes off the news uh, this morning. It has just released its strategic update it's or rather strategic review that it's been saying will be coming alongside results. And those results showing that net profit has dropped 50% to roughly $550 million. So that is, of course, something they've been warning about because of impairment charges to its um, two units, MOB and Trustwave, that was nearly $1.2 billion. So a huge drag in the second half numbers, dragging the full-year results. So back to that strategic review, it says it's going to be investing more in 5G and growing its market share in Australia, as well as boosting its digital operations. So it's saying it used to be a telco with a digital business and it now wants to move towards being a more digital business with a telco Kind of. And it is also looking to review its business to unlock value from its infrastructure assets. So this includes things like towers, satellites, subsea cables, data centers across the region. And it has already started to some extent a partial sale by auction of Optus Towers in Australia. So all that part of recycling its assets and capital. So a big move by Singtel to position itself for the future, but I think it will be near-term pain for long-term gains, and I, that, I think that's being reflected with the reaction so far in Singtel's stock price, uh, 2.4%. Mm-hmm. 
All right. Keep an eye on Singtel for the rest of the day. Thank you very much for that. SDI trading down about 0.07% to 31.43 this morning. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.